Welcome to Forecast, the foreshadow podcast, which seeks to offer glimpses of heaven on earth through conversations about people's lives and work. I'm Will Shine once again, and today with me is my good friend, Isaac Ikeda. Isaac, his wife Pomai, and their three boys live in Kaneohe, Hawaii, uh, and Kailua, technically. Um, Isaac works in Kaneohe, where he is a pastor. Obviously, he's a husband. He's a father. He's a videographer. He's a graphic designer. He's a DJ. You know what? Isaac does a lot of stuff. I don't think he sleeps. But Isaac, welcome to Forecast Podcast. Hi. Thanks. I don't sleep. That's true. <laughs> so, Isaac, uh, I've known you for nearly a decade now. And uh, uh, in that time, I, I think I met you first as, um, as a DJ. You were, you were kind of in an up and coming DJ uh, crew or ensemble that was uh, performing all over uh, Oahu, I know, and then even, you know, getting invites to go other places in the world. Um, Tell us a little bit about how you came to uh, being a DJ and, and, and what that's all about. Yeah. So we, we did meet over a decade ago. It was in uh, two, January of 2011, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I've been, I was DJing at the time. I had been DJing for about five years um, and DJing just started in a small club in Hilo where I'm from which is a super small rainy town um and I just you know loved it and picked it up and somehow got really good at it compared to other people <laughs> like, <laughs> like I wouldn't say that I was the best ever but I would definitely say that you know like I think that I was getting a bunch of gigs not because of who I was, because I had just moved to Oahu. And I'm pretty sure it was my skills that were speaking for me and not myself. Like I wasn't a big mouthpiece for myself. I kind of just let whatever I had learned and I practice a lot, but I, I took that and was just DJing we were, I, I actually wasn't in a group yet for maybe at least a couple of years. I was DJing on my own. I had some residencies in the mainland in Waikiki. That was a weekly residency. And so, yeah, I was just DJing wherever they wanted me. Wow. And in the, and you were DJing in, in a pretty conventional capacity. You were, you were taking, you know, uh catalogs of popular music the hits of the oh. day and or and or uh uh music that people would be familiar with cutting stuff up and then basically helping people dance that's what that's what you were yeah you're there to do yeah for... yeah so mostly mostly clubs bars bigger events um it was right at the point where djs were becoming to be rock stars so right. djs were doing concerts Yes. You know, like before it was like you need a band and the DJ's just there as like a backup. Uh, but then I was right in the era where DJs started headlining shows. Wow. Wow. I can recall doing a gig with you as like a DJ drum duo kind of thing 
where we played a, a New Year's, the, the biggest New Year's party on the island of Oahu. And we were on this huge, one of these main stages. And uh, I think we were a warm up act for a headliner, but the headliner was also, it was all electronic music. It was DJ stuff. And so, yeah, yeah I can, I can definitely speak to the fact that, you know, thousands of people come out uh, just as they would for any, you know, pop singer or, or, you know, rock band. It's the, the same, yeah. same definitely became true of, of, of the DJ scene. So yeah, I guess you were in the right place at the right time. Um, right. You, you, you haven't only been a DJ though, too. And we kind of alluded to that in, in somewhat of a, of a joking way, but you, you've kind of had these other skills. And, and if I recall correctly, you, you even came from a place uh, where you had been a, a stellar student as a young man, and I think went to some, you know, real prestigious college for a while. It just things you didn't really vibe there, and you ended up coming back, and you became like a fireman or something, right? <laughs> or <an> yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was. It, it's a crazy story. I dropped out of school because it was like, hey, I'm bored. <laughs> oh man. And then, <laughs> And then I got into the fire academy when I was when I was 18. So as soon as I could, wow, I got an in. And then, uh, yeah, and then I I stopped that because I actually got hurt. I fell through a building and um, broke my foot really badly. I couldn't walk for like seven days, even with a cast. Hmm. And then, um, yeah, and then I was like going back to school and to fund myself going back to school, I started DJing at local clubs and um, yeah, so there's been a lot of things. I don't think that we could cover all of that ever. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, DJing, DJing but, uh, <laughs> seems to have opened the doors for a lot of other things in a, in a strange yeah, sort of definitely. way in a strange sort of way and you can you can elaborate this uh, elaborate on this more in many ways you do what you do now which is largely pastoral ministry and then some auxiliary supportive stuff toward that um uh that kind of uh role and occupation obviously and you understand and we'll get into that too you understand past pastoral ministry maybe in, in a different way than i think some people think of it as a niche thing you you understand yeah. it a little bit more broadly but um you got into you, you're where you are now kind of as because of this uh this dj path briefly talk about some of the other sorts of uh, i guess trades and skills that djing has necessitated you to take on and how that has helped pave the path towards this broader or this life that you live now and how you know kind of church work and and ministry factor into that yeah um so so DJing is, is one aspect of, of what I did, but with, with clubs and promoters and everything that, that culture is to get the most people through the door, mm. get them to drink as much as they can <laughs> and um, make as much money as you can. And, right. and to be successful in, in that field, it took a lot of self-promotion I uh, taught myself how to make flyers and mm. teaching myself how to make flyers and learning these skills led to, you know, the graphic design side, um, going to graphic design school led to learning more about marketing than I was ready for. Mm. But uh, I was like, I can do this. 
and <laughs> and and all of that and i say all of that because i mean all of that translated into the way that i see ministry and the way that i do ministry and mm. and when i first looked at the way i was doing ministry um and and it was lay ministry i was definitely not on any pastoral track or anything like that mm. but um the way that I saw it was that the idea for a club is to get as many people there as you want. And then, so you know what I did? I got into youth ministry, which is exactly the same. <laughs> That's what the model was, right? The model is get as much people in the room as you can, right? Right. Get them to do something. Maybe it wasn't drinking, but it was yeah, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully not. <laughs> uh, but, but then it's like, get them to, to do something, right? Mm -hmm. and, and how are you going to portray your message, which was the DJing part of it. Right. And, and the way that I saw DJing, and the, I think this is what made me the DJ I was, was that I would always read the room. I always read the people. Mm -hmm. And I, I played to things that, that maybe other DJs wouldn't play to. And... I thought that that's who I had to be as a pastor, hmm. right? I thought that I had to get every person in the room to buy into something. Right. These and, are transferable skills you're talking about, yeah. you know, and you, you've always kind of seen it that way as I've known you. Like I've like, again, we, we kind of keep coming back to this, but you're sort of the jack of all trades and master of all. When you, when you decide you're going to do something, you really do it well, but it always seems that you you've been able to like, move uh <clears throat> from one sort of seemingly disparate world into another world disciplines or whatnot because you bring so much transferable skills it seems like you have some sociological insight which maybe helps you be a pastor but why did you want to get into or what what brought you i mean as, as i understand it too and you can speak to this as well you you've kind of always identified as a as a as a christian and you've always had some sort of relationship with with a church or churches and, and church work. Yeah. What what has why are you doing what you're doing now? And again, how did this uh, these transferable skills uh, uh, set that up in more in more detail? Uh, I don't know if I've. I think you were gone by the time I started preaching my testimony, hmm. but uh, my my uh, testimony was that. I, I was trying to balance two lives. Hmm. I was trying to balance these, these, this, this secular world, this hmm. DJing, this club life and my spiritual life. And they were so far apart. And I, I thought, you know, I had heard like motivational speakers or kind of those, uh, the economical type motivational speakers yeah. talk about things like, you have to find the balance in your life. And, and I was just re regurgitating that regurgitate. I can't talk. I, was trying to regurgit <laughs> I can't yeah. regurgitate it now. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I was just really trying to get, to get this balance in this life, in my life. And I really wasn't finding it. And then one day I, I had played in Vegas. I played at this club called body English and there was a flight from Vegas to Hawaii that used to leave Vegas at like 12. And so, I mean, sorry, used to leave Vegas at like two. And so in the morning I finished. Yeah. Two in the morning. 
And so I finished at 12. I played the peak hour. I finished at 12 and I left. And um, I, I got on the plane. This was a Saturday night. I got on the plane. I landed at 4 a.m. I think it's a four-hour flight. Maybe it was five hours. I might have landed at like 5 a.m. And um, and then I, I, you know, I didn't go to sleep. I changed, I showered, I changed my clothes. And then I came to church. And um, I had just played for over 10,000 people in a packed club. And, and then I'm sitting in church and I still remember exactly where I was sitting but my best friend, um, Will Shine, was leading worship. <laughs> and I had this moment where it was like, I am throwing my hands up for thousands of people. I am getting 10,000 of people to jump up and throw their hands up and go crazy. And I'm not doing the same for God. Mm. And that was such a pivotal moment for me mm. that you know, that's still my testimony today, that that was my, my turning point. And from there, it was like, okay, I have to stop all these things, but all these things were paying the bills. Yeah. So then it was like, all right, so how do I make it a, a thing? How do I make it a thing that becomes my, in my transition into ministry? Um, my transition into combining these lives, you know, the mm. idea is that no man can serve two masters. Well, that was my entire life. Mm. <laughs> you know, I was literally trying my best every day to serve both my secular world and my spiritual world. Mm. And, and it didn't work. But when I, when I realized that it didn't have to be separate and it didn't have to be two things that run apart from each other mm. i found so many parallels in what you called transferable skills um in in my spiritual life and so i started djing things like weddings and then that turned into djing things like like youth camps and <laughs> it turned <laughs> into you know and it's like i'm doing the same thing we actually had a project uh called high c which was like uh dj band collabo yeah that was just doing worship music yeah and um a lot of brilliant minds were in that room <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was such a good time but it was it was it was for me it was learning that you can you can you don't have to have both but you can do it all yeah that's really cool it's a it's a certainly it, it collapses certain paradigms. I'm certainly passionate about, uh, uh, you know, our culture moving away from these, uh, what I think is like that false dichotomy of, of sacred and secular things that somehow, yeah. I think if something is, if, if, if there is such a thing as sacred, then how, you know, that has to in some ways be uh, inclusive and all encompassing, you know, things can't fall outside of that only by our own, you know, imaginations and, and our own efforts to, to divide them is that yeah. so and so finding ways um, whether it's whether it's redeeming or just or just even realizing that these things might um, they don't have to be conceived of as separate and or yeah. and or you don't have to live in those occupy those two spaces that's so cool the word that comes to mind kind of is in, is integration you know it's yeah it's finding ways to um, 
it's it's not demonizing. <clears throat> I think a lot of artists and a lot of people who do creative works find themselves in spaces, you know, like like what you're describing, that seem so opposite. Church on Sunday morning, Las Vegas nightclub. <laughs> you know what I mean? They seem yeah. like these diametrically opposed, you know, entities. And oh, yet, yeah, like sure. that you that you even lived in the space between or existed in both of those spaces, somehow, you know, is a uh, is uh is it's sort of proof that they're they're really not they're they're not so far apart as it turns out yeah and when we look at it was that not jesus's entire gripe with the jews yes <laughs> yeah right the Pharisees. Um, yeah, yeah their their idea of this oral torah and having to keep all these things sacred or separate from like doing life right right yeah, Jesus. Jesus was constantly in <laughs> controversial predicaments, uh, whether that be with places or in situations with people that the it seemed like the religious establishment were not were not keen on. And and Jesus's whole incarnate, the reason that Jesus exists is to announce the kingdom of God is at hand. Right. This is yeah. This is it. This is what it looks like. And so there's something about being uh, being our best selves in in all sorts of spaces and being. I think recognizing you said you just said um you know that i would do this put my hands up and get a thousand you know ten thousand people uh excited and whatnot and i wasn't doing the same for god in some ways uh you know i i, I think in many ways and i, I think you you sort of articulated this now too you you do you do do it you do things for god you know everything we do in some ways is 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 for and or uh, in in light of god whatever and whatever that uh however one might understand that um but i, I i'm just so uh uh yeah tell me more about about kind of the collapse of silos in your life where have you seen that continue to go and 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 continue to like unfold in terms of the kinds of projects and spaces that you occupy how do those things now intermingle yeah um i think something that you alluded to just now but um the this idea that that uh simon peter kept telling kept telling uh mark as mark dictated what simon peter was saying about jesus was that you know and he i feel like he said this every time he preached but it's that the kingdom is is near right yeah. the kingdom of god is near the time has come uh repent and believe the good news and that that idea resonates through my entire life hmm. and so as these silos were collapsing i saw that all of these things that i was just trying to justify hmm. um didn't need to be justified yeah right you just you just brought it up that i was putting my hands up and i said that you know i felt like it wasn't for god um it wasn't for god because i hadn't purposed it for god there you go Wow. And I was, wow. instead, I was trying to justify it and say, okay, I went, I went to the club on Saturday, but I went to church on Sunday. And we have this Old Testament idea that we're, we're so far removed from sin, right? From the East is from, as far as the East is from the West, hmm. but God doesn't forget that. Yeah. It's yeah. not how redemption works and it's not how repentance works. I can't just say, sorry, repentance is literally means to turn around, mm, yeah. right? And change directions. Um, and, and so the opportunities came in DJing, 
it came in graphic design. I do uh, media for our church during COVID. I, I found, you know, that I'm making recap videos and I'm making, uh, I'm making flyers and all this stuff for, for digital world church. Mm -hmm. And, um, and so all of these, these skills just were integrated, right? And all these things that I knew how to do because I was DJing and because I was promoting and I was marketing myself. Mm -hmm. Um, and our group turned into, all right, you know, this, these worlds aren't that different at all. Right. You know, like it's, it's like the clean version. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you don't feel like you have to, you no longer feel like this burden of when you're in different spaces that this somehow is, is a, as a secular versus a sacred oh, thing. Oh, no, not your at all. Whole, your whole, the, the totality of your life seems to be oriented in a certain direction yeah. and in service yeah. bigger than yourself, which is. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I gave up on trying to justify it because you get real tired of it. Yeah, totally. Wow. Wow. And, and it was, it took the realization that, Hey, I don't need to justify this. I just need to repurpose it. Sure. Yeah. And I think like, uh, you know, there, there's something it's definitely laid in and I know in, in to, to go to some, some very crude and uh, general biblical examples, but it's laid in, in Proverbs. It's sort of, you see it, I think in Job, you see it in, uh, other uh, other wisdom literature. And then again, you see it in Jesus that there's something about um, r regardless of, of what this articulation is, just recognizing that something is over you or bigger than you, you know, that God is, you know, that, 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 that articulating that as God, um, you get this sense of uh, it, it puts a lot of your life into perspective. But it, again, like you're saying, I think that can be a that can be a very liberating thing. I think that gets viewed of, like you said, and we live lives sometimes and in the broader culture, you see examples of that gets that gets lived in a way that, you know, some things are good and some things are inherently bad. And therefore, we need to like we we have to like pick sides and, and choose battles and 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 figure out how to like best, uh, you know, make amends to this sort of god figure in our lives but it, it seems to me that you're you're liberated you're seeing i i hope i that i'm articulating this right but it's it's almost as if you're starting to see god in spaces in places and in people um uh kind of like jesus did right you know you're 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 seeing the opportunity for encounter there you're seeing you're you have a different experience of creation a different experience of um vocation uh, doing what you do now so that, uh, you don't really fret the, the labels and fret the, yeah. the context. As no, well. no. Yeah. And, and, you know, being a DJ, it's, it's funny because the project that we did together, uh, I, we, we played at a district assembly. Right. And, uh, at, at that district assembly, Nate, I want to say this is like at least four years after that I had, I had one of my like district interviews because I was in the course of study. And for the listeners, district assembly being referred to oh. is uh, in the Church of the Nazarene, which is the denomination uh, where Isaac and I, the the church that we were a part of, where we met and and did stuff together. The district uh, is the kind of the umbrella, like a diocese 
Uh, it's where, you know, a group of churches kind of collaborate together and, and have oversight from a, a, a superintendent. And then it goes on a larger scale from there, but that's kind of your, your collection of network of, of local churches in a, in a specific area. And so the assembly is the gathering of that churches and then, and then in the denomination to receive, uh, pastoral credentials or ministerial credentials, you have to be approved by not only your local congregation, but the district. So sorry, I didn't interrupt, but there keep. No, no, that's perfect. Cause I forgot. I was not just talking to you for a second, <laughs> but, that's good. Um, but, um, but yeah, so you know that it's super, very natural. Cause I just, you know, thought I was talking to my friend, but, right. um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so four or five years after that, that thing that we played, I, I had somebody in my interview say, oh yeah, you know, you're lucky to be here. Cause I remember when you uh, went up there and started DJing and I'm like, what is this old geezer talking about? <laughs> oh no, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, we played uh, the most classic Nazarene hymn possible how how am i like about to be martyred for djing in a church like this this act is somehow (laughs) with this space oh man such an antiquated uh that's a that's a whole other bag of worms right you know it it, it really is (laughs) but uh electric music you know but yeah but yeah and it's so labeled right and and i think that what that showed me is that, you know, these guys have been, have been in the church forever, mm. um, have had a supposed relationship with God and I'm not doubting their relationship with God, mm. but they've also had a relationship with tradition yeah. for just as long. Right. And, and stepping out of that box, um, you went to Fuller. Yeah. So you would know, uh, Kara Powell. Yeah. And she collabed on a book and it was I know it was a bigger project than that and they they have a couple more books from there but um she wrote a book called growing young yes yeah and and that book kind of changed my outlook after so so kind of to put this like on a little chronological timeline that interview happened and a month later I went to a seminar that she was speaking at and that's when she was pushing that book. And then I read the book and my entire like view of what a church needs to be, how a church is supposed to grow, mm. how, a, how ministry is supposed to grow completely changed. Mm. And, uh, and this is like the only place that I feel like my skills didn't line up, but my idea was instead of, you know, like I went to into youth ministry, which is what I feel is the most performance based ministry. Sure. Um, just because they don't tithe. So everybody's just looking at numbers, right? Everybody youth wants to see the money. massive youth group yeah. and you reaching all these kids versus nobody tithing is kept so secretly or donating and all this stuff. So so even if you have, you know, a thousand people in your church, you might not be making all that much. And, and so you, you base it on how much you're making or how quick the turnaround is, how many baptisms and all this stuff. 
but uh with youth ministry oriented churches a lot of times are very are very numbers driven uh, yeah and industrious you would say right ironically industrious it's ironically industrious but uh but i i was like i'm gonna take a different approach Hmm. and and this is kind of where i see the kingdom of god working because if you've ever been to kaneoe um seeing heaven on earth isn't very hard in the natural world yeah yeah that's true it's absolutely beautiful yeah you can find your peace you can have the worst day go somewhere by yourself you know you can feel alone and then immediately not feel alone when you see the coal house yeah like this is a real thing but the kingdom of god in ministry which is where you think you would see it the most but i saw it the least um was because there's this there's such a numbers driven game that they play mm. and and after reading that book i was like you know all these labels and all this stuff it means nothing wow and so like my youth groups now and i say youth groups because i went from well my first day that i ran my own youth ministry i uh I took over a ministry that, that a youth had actually started herself Wow! and I took it over and she had gotten down to two people. It was her and somebody else mm-hmm. coming to youth group. And I was like, it's because you're, you're trying to look for this like numbers driven thing. The first week we had 18, the second week we had 52. Um, and so I went from a youth group of 52, 50, some odd, you know, there's a few more here and there. But I went from a, a youth group of, a, of about 50 kids to 10 youth groups of about four or five kids. Mm. And, and they're, they're individual cells that run on their own. And I, I just become an overseer. Right. You know, so, so much maybe less I can interested be, in that 50, that 52, yeah. you know, uh, whatever yeah. percentage of the, you know, that, that, yeah. that critical mass, you know, and, and, and now we're going to do all the, we're going to do all the, 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 the trick things that we're supposed to do and, yeah. and jump through the hoops and like, <laughs> like, Hey, go play some games. And, you know, we're going to show up to camp with the most kids and we're going to, you know, like be a team and we're going to have shirts and do all this stuff. But I, I, I challenge anybody in ministry right. to get small. Right. right? And, <laughs> and what are the, what are the, what are the glimpses of heaven on earth in a, in a, in a large assembly of people that don't necessarily know why they're there or what they're doing no, or, exactly. or what's the kingdom of God in that instance, you know, there's the, not that those things have necessary, you know, these are the concrete components or yeah. the magic ingredients, but but that like that it totally misses the point. Like you, and like we've been talking about through this interview or in this conversation, rather, you know, that there are so many, so many instances of 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 the ways in which we want to like understand stuff or the ways in which we want to like uh live into spaces, occupations, whatever it is, that that kind of miss the point. They just they miss the point of, yeah. of, of loving God, loving people, right? You know. Yeah. <laughs> of, of 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 seeing uh god's kingdom like you said kanye is a beautiful I, you know i'm hopeful that maybe we can find 
um, as, as we start kind of wrapping things up here in our conversation, I'm hoping that, you know, maybe in conjunction with this interview so that people can experience some of your multifaceted talents, we can find some sort of videographic project you've been a part of that features some of the scenery that you're talking about, some of your uh, graphic skills and your music skills. Uh, that would be a really cool way to integrate some of the, and again, the, the experience of this natural wonder and this natural place that you live where we're seeing a glimpse of heaven on earth, like you said, is is not difficult in the, in a very literal, you know, it's, physical it's, place. It's really not. And so what do we do? And I'm hearing this and what you're saying, what do we do uh, in some ways that 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 pairs with that? Well, you know, what what sorts of whether it's in a whether it's doing this sort of literal church ministry work that gets so convoluted, so cut up and so misunderstood or if it's doing a work outside of that space, how do we bring all that we are, all that we have, how do we integrate our skills and talents? And then how do we, uh, how, how, you know, how do we, how do we uh, live into the kingdom of God authentically and, uh, and fully without, without sweating, like you said, uh, without trying to justify it? <laughs> yeah, I think that's a question that, that every pastor that that has a working ministry and every dj that was working pre-pandemic like has had to ask themselves <laughs> right because i i i don't know if if what it was but i was cued into like having sustainable ministry mm. before the pandemic hit so when the pandemic hit nothing had to change right right and it, was, so, it wasn't about it wasn't about all the structure it wasn't about yeah, the, the industry it, or the it system wasn't. it was, it was and, about something easier and and hawaii's shutdown was probably i know was one of the worst in and we're the furthest behind as far as like reopening goes right um but it was one of the worst and and you know like our government didn't care about things tanking so many businesses closed and all this stuff. And, you know, we saw Texas, we saw Florida all reopening with like 10 times the amount of cases that we had Yeah, and like by percentage and by number, right. You know, like, yeah. And, and it's, it's like, how do we, how do we realize, like, what is it going to take for people to realize that, that, we need to find something sustainable. And so for me, what was sustainable was taking things that I already knew how to do hmm. and turning them into ministry. Yeah. Um, I taught a kid how to DJ wow. <laughs> like, and, and now he comes to youth group every week. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He texts me and we do devotionals twice a week over text messages in the morning. Nice. And so you know, like having, having these kinds of things where it's like, you don't have to try and fit squares into circles or circles mm -hmm. into squares. What we're doing is we're taking, we're looking for our squares and making our ministry be a square hole. Yeah. Um, we're not trying to fit things in that don't, and I'm not trying to teach myself things or do things that I wouldn't do normally. Right. Like I, I, if, if you don't take yourself out of that space, then I don't think you're ever going to see 
real glimpses of the kingdom of God outside wow. of just like the natural world. Wow. Wow. Um, and, and, and the reason that I bring it up about Kaneohe is because it's easy to just be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but I, I, you don't know, get bored sitting on the couch. You know, <laughs> it's beautiful, but I get bored. And so maybe for me, it was like, I explored and found that there's so much more. And because I found that there's so much more, that's what I want other people to know, mm, right? Yeah. There's so much more than just, you know, like, like that's beautiful. If I open my window right now and that's absolutely stunning, yeah. whether it's raining or stormy or sunny, it's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. But, uh, and, and it's, it's easy to find peace there, but I find so much more peace in connecting with people and having people connect the dots. Mm, um, yeah. The way we love God is by loving people, not the other way around. Mm. We don't love God because we love people or we don't love people because we love God. We love God by loving people. Wow. 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 Well, Isaac, I can't thank you enough for taking time. I know our, I, I'm in one of those more open states for better or for worse. Uh, <laughs> six hours, <laughs> that's six hours ahead. And here I am indoors most of the time because uh, for whatever the case may be. Uh, needless to say, thank you again. Uh, I know it's yeah. on there and uh, it's uh, it's been great to kind of rehash some of this stuff. I mean, us being friends, I know, I know much of... Uh, kind of your story and, and some of the things that you do. I, I obviously, I'm just obviously so stoked about all the things that have kind of coalesced in your life and, and how wow. integrated of a person you are and how you're kind of transforming the culture of conformity that exists in, mm -hmm. uh, in both occupational ministry settings and, and just breaking down those, those walls and barriers and just living uh living a life faithful to the kingdom of god wherever you wherever you are and whatever you're doing so uh uh thanks again my for being my friend and for continuing to witness to me in that way and uh i uh look forward to uh seeing where you go in the future and so with that um yeah foreshadow is an online magazine featuring writing and other media that point to the kingdom of god our website is foreshadowmagazine.com various social media platforms. Uh, if you like the conversation we had today, uh, please share it with people you think might be interested. So thanks everyone for listening. That's the forecast for today. Do I say thanks here? Thanks. <laughs>